Chapter Twenty Nine of the Art of Travel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are on the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Stephanie Lee. The Art of Travel by Sir Francis Galton. Chapter Twenty Nine Fishing. Fishing Tackle. Fish hooks are made of iron, not steel wire. While the piece of wire is straight, it is laid along a little groove in a block of wood, and there barbed by the stroke of a chisel, slantwise across it. The other end is flattened by a tap of the hammer, or roughened, that it may be held by the whipping. Then the point is sharpened by a file, and finished on a stone. The proper curvature is next given, and then the hook is case-hardened. See case-hardening. Lastly, the proper temper is given, by heating the hook red-hot, and quenching it in grease. A traveller should always take a few hooks with him. They should be of the very small and also of the middling sized sorts. He might have a dozen of each sort whipped on to gut, and at least a couple of casting lines with which to use them. Also several dozens of tinned iron fish hooks of various sizes such as are used at sea and plenty of line. Fishing Lines Twisted sinews will make a fishing line. To make a strong fine line, unravel a good silk handkerchief and twist the threads into a whipcord. See also Substitutes for String. Gut is made from silkworms, but the scrapings of the membrane in the manufacture of catgut, see sinew thread, make a fine, strong, and somewhat transparent thread. Twisted horsehair can almost always be obtained, and boiling this in soap leaves takes away its oiliness. Shoemaker's Wax is made by boiling together common resin and any kind of soft grease, which does not contain salt such as oil or butter. A sixth or seventh part of pitch makes it more tough, but it is not absolutely necessary for making the wax. Try if the quantity of grease is sufficient by dipping the stick with which the wax is stirred into water to cool it. When the wax is supposed to be successfully made, pour it into water, then taking it out while yet soft, pull it and stretch it with your wet hands as much as it will bear. Do this over and over again, after dipping it in lukewarm water, till it is quite tough. Wax is used of different degrees of hardness, according as the weather is warm or cold. Reel If you have no reel, make a couple of gimlet holes, six inches apart, in the butt of your rod, at the place where the reel is usually clamped. Drive wooden pegs into these, and wind your spare line round them, as in figure one. The peg should not be quite square with a butt, but should slope a little, each away from the other, that the line may be better retained on them. A long line is conveniently wound on a square frame, as shown in the annexed sketch, figure 2, and a shorter line, as in figure 3. If you have no equivalent for a reel, and if your tackle is slight, and the fish likely to be large, provide yourself with a bladder or other float, tie it to the line, and cast the hole adrift. Trimmers are well known and are a convenient way of fishing the middle of a pool with only a short line. Anything will do for the float. A bladder or a bottle is very good. To recover a lost line. Make a drag of a small bushy tree with plenty of branches that are so lopped off as to leave spikes on the trunk. This is to be weighted with a stone and dragged along the bottom. Otters. What is called an otter is useful to a person on the shore of a wide river or lake which he has no other means of fishing. It is very successful at first, but soon scares the fish. Therefore it is better suited to a traveller than to an ordinary sportsman. 
It is made as follows. A board of light wood, 14 inches long and 8 inches high, or thereabouts, is heavily weighted along its lower edge, so as to float upright in the water. A string, like the belly band of a kite, and for the same purpose, is fastened to it, and to this belly band the end of a line furnished with a dozen hooks at intervals is tied. As a fisherman walks along the bank, the otter runs away from him, and carries his line and hooks far out into the stream. It is very convenient to have a large hand reel to wind and unwind the line upon, but a forked stick will do very well. Boat Fishing In fishing with a long ground line and many hooks, it is of importance to avoid entanglements. Make a box in which to coil the line, and a great many deep saw cuts across the sides, into which the thin short lines, to which the hooks are whipped, may be jammed. Fishermen who do not use oars but paddles tie a loop to their line. They put their thumb through the loop and fish while they paddle. To see things deep under water, such as dead seals, use a long box or tube with a piece of glass at the lower end. This removes entirely the glare of the water and the effects of a rippled surface. Mr. Campbell of Islay suggests that a small glass window might be let into the bottom of the boat. Plate glass would be amply strong enough. See Water Spectacles. Nets a small square net may be best turned to account by sinking it in holes and other parts of a river which fish frequent, throwing in bait to attract them over it, and then hauling up suddenly. The arrangement shown in the figure is very common. A sane net may be furnished with bladder for floats, or else with pieces of light wood charred to make them more buoyant. The hauling ropes may be made of bark steeped for three weeks, till the inner bark separates from the outer, when the latter is twisted into a rope, loid. Wherever small fish are swimming in shoals near the surface, there the water is sure to be rippled. Spearing Fish The weapon used, sometimes called the grains, is identical with Neptune's or Britannia's trident. Only the prongs should be more numerous and be placed nearer together. In order to catch small fish, the length of the handle gives steadiness to the blow. In spearing by torchlight, a broad oval piece of bark is coated with wet mud, and in it a blazing fire is lighted. It is fixed on a stage, or it is held in the bow of the boat, so high as to be above the spearman's eyes. He can see everything by its light, especially if the water be not above four feet deep, and the bottom sandy. But there are not many kinds of wood that will burn with a sufficiently bright flame. The dry bark of some resinous tree is often used. If tarred rope can be obtained, it may simply be wound round a pole fixed in the bow of the boat, and lighted. Fish can also be shot with a bow and a barbed arrow to which a string is attached. Intoxicating Fish Lime thrown into a pond will kill the fish, and the similar but far more energetic properties of Coculus indicus are well known. Throughout tropical Africa and South America, the natives catch fish by poisoning them. Dams are made which, when the river is very low, enclose deep pools of water with no current. Into these the poison is thrown it intoxicates the fish which float and are taken by the hand otters cormorants and dogs both otters and cormorants are trained to catch fish for their masters and dogs are trained by the patagonians to drive fish into the nets and to frighten them from breaking loose when the net is being hauled in cormorants in china fish during the winter from october to may working from ten a m to five p m at which hour their dinner is given to them when they fish a straw tie is put round their necks to keep them from swallowing the fish, but not so tight as to slip down and choke them. A boat takes out ten or twelve of these birds. They obey the voice. If they are disobedient, 
the water near them is struck with the back of the oar as soon as one of them has caught a fish he is called to the boat and the oar is held out for him to step upon it requires caution to train a cormorant because the bird has a habit when angry of striking with its beak at its instructor's eye with an exceedingly rapid and sure stroke End of chapter twenty nine